Amen. Hey, lots of really cool stuff's happening. Stay, you know, tuned in. You know, okay, spring break. Well, okay, well, that's over now. Right? So, so here we go. This next week is Easter. And it's crazy. You know, I can't remember the actual statistics, but uh, uh, it, they're super high. That people that show up at church on Easter that don't normally go to church, it's like 97% of them showed up because they were invited. And so if you care enough about somebody to invite them, there's a really good chance they're coming. And the people that aren't here, nobody cared enough to invite them. So, so let's, let's take advantage of this opportunity and bring people to, to a place where they can encounter God. Amen? And let's just, let's just prepare. Next Saturday night, team dinner. Everybody's on the team. Uh, we're going to just come and celebrate and prepare th- some things and have food, and it's going to be awesome. Just get involved and get plugged in, and let's do life together. Amen? Yeah. How many how many you enjoy doing life with the people sitting right next to you? So, I notice a lot of you didn't even budge. And I want to suggest that you sit in a different section next week, okay? Because if they're really, you know, we have this thing here. Together, we're... Yeah, unless one of us is a dud. And then, and you know, if one of us is a dud, then together, you know, you're heavy. And uh, so, you, you know, if you're sitting next to somebody and it ain't even cool to do life with them, different section. Okay, because there's some really cool people in here. And there's some really cool things going on in life. Hello, somebody. I'm telling you, there's really, it's awesome. God life is crazy good. But even in the middle of God life, how many of you know that you can encounter stuff well, King James Version, that sucketh. You know, you can have moments in life that are hard, that are difficult, that are, where'd that come from? Isn't it crazy that you can be doing everything right? I mean, you, you know, you, you, you've, you've made changes. You've, you, you know, you, you've uh, aligned yourself. You, you are actually in obedience. And, and everything looks good to you. And, and you're pretty certain everything looks good to God. But yet, even then, it's like stuff can get shaken up. You know, I mean, is that confusing or what? You know, I started tithing. We didn't die. I, you know, uh, we started singing. It didn't hurt anybody. We, you know, uh, we, we started serving and found out it wasn't all that bad. But, uh, but it seems as if hell has vomited out all its fury against us anyway. Anybody ever been there? You know, you know it's kind of like a transition. You know, transitions happen. Transitions can happen. You know, and, and sometimes, you know, some transitions are kind of cool. You know, it's, it's not that big of a deal. You know, you, you know it's life-changing, but you can handle it. It's not, it's not like you wanted it, but it's not that bad. It's like, you know, maybe, maybe you were a kid and, and, and your parents moved, you know, out of state or something. You had to pack up and leave all your friends. You didn't really want to go, except, you know, that boyfriend. You really were trying to figure out how to get rid of him. And, and so this just worked out for your good. Or, 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 or you, you needed a new job and the company, you, you know, shut down. And, and you, had a, you had a season where, dang it, this is not what we had planned. But, you know, it wasn't that bad because it kind of motivated you to go after the thing that you knew you should do. The, you know, some, some, transi- some transitions are, are, you know, they're not all that hard. But, the, you know, a transition that's difficult is when, it, when it's not when something's taken from you that you just didn't care about, but when things that you really loved, things that brought great value to your life, when, when, when life shakes and those things come up missing, it can be really confusing at that moment. Now, what in the world's going on? I thought I was living for God. I thought I was pleasing God. I thought I was doing right. Now, you know, here I am doing all the right stuff, but getting all the wrong results. And I don't know if anybody is, is bold enough to say, dude, I know what you're talking about. But there's people in the room that should be able to say, dude, I know what you're talking about. 
It's almost, it's almost like, uh, hey, you remember the Etch-A-Sketch? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. We're together. And, and uh, just because we're old. And uh, you remember the Etch-A-Sketch and, and you'd had it had those little knobs on it? And have you ever seen somebody that actually knew what they were doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, it's because you're so young. Um, there are, you know, I've seen some Etch-A-Sketch art that was amazing. And, uh, uh, you know, but, you know, you, you, you get, you know, it, it wasn't my own because my, mine looked like, you know, a house about ready to fall over and a stick man standing next to it. But, but, uh, uh, you know, I've seen some, some people that, I mean, it was pretty cool. And, uh, and you'd say, Hey, let me look at that. And they'd say eyes only eyes only. Why? Because if you shake this thing, we got to start all over. You know, and, and you get your life and it's just cruising along and, and, and you get things going and it's, it's just right. And you know that, like I said, man, not only are you happy, but you're pretty certain God's happy about this. This is awesome. And then God comes and says, let me see that. And you say to God, eyes only. Don't, don't you be touching this because this is the way I like it. And he's like, let me see it. And you're like, you can see all things, God. I know you can. <laughs> Somebody used to tell the boys all the time, look with your eyes. Okay, look with your eyes. And, and God, God, you and God go into a wrestling match over your edge of sketch. And, and, and he's like, Jesus. And he pulls it out and he says, that is really cool. And he hands it back to you and he says this, don't touch those knobs. See, I, I know that there's a bunch of people in the room today that that's kind of where you are, and, and, or, or you, maybe you just come through that, or maybe you're headed it, maybe, maybe you're still hiding the Etch-A-Sketch. You know, you don't want God to touch it, because uh, the last thing you need, you know, is to get life shaken up again. But sometimes, sometimes I think God comes on the scene, and, 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 he, and he shakes things to, to shake everything loose to prepare you for everything that's coming. That, that what, what, what you're holding on to was awesome, but an understatement of where you're going. Uh, yeah, but how, how could it be that way? I mean, God brought these things to it. God led us here. Yeah, I remember when God led us to Pasco. Dude, it was cool. You know, we, Pasco, we had, we had like nine parking spaces. And everybody else, man, you, we found out who wanted to come to church in Pasco because they had to walk down a sidewalk that they, that they, there was a chain link fence and they, and they, they hooked up their pit bull dogs to it and the dogs, they didn't feed them. They just waited for the weekend and, 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 and Saturday night, you know, with no lights on and, and dark and you're walking past the pit bull and you can hear the chain and you can see the fence, you know, and we found out if you really wanted to go to church or not. And it was awesome. And we're looking around there saying, man, God led us here. And then, and then God led us to, to Clearwater. You know the first time we went into the building at Clearwater and I showed the team, when we left, there, one of the gals cried. She asked her husband, what's he doing to us? And he, and he, you know, and he shared the story. He, 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 he told her, he said, honey, don't worry, babe, it's going to be okay. And it turned out pretty cool. You know, it turned out pretty awesome, and, 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 and it, was, it, was, it was fantastic. And then God led us here. And, and you know, man, i got to tell you something about here. Here is way better than Pasco. 
I like here better than Clearwater. Yeah, I don't, there's nothing. Yeah, I think that is a place to clap. Yeah, thank God. You know what's what's you know what's crazy is uh, not too long ago we had an event here and there's some other other uh, uh, church people you know from other places here and there was a table and had a couple of different senior pastors at it and and uh, uh, and some key leaders from their churches and and uh, he he actually shared this with me he said that one of the guys said got everybody said hey lean in lean in lean in and he said hey listen look around here look around here and they're, they're sitting sitting at tables right where you guys are and they said look look around here. Uh, dude, this is what it looks like when rich people build a church. <laughs> I think that's kind of awesome in a way. Yeah. Honestly, this is what it looks like when faith builds a church. Okay. But hold on, hold on. But, but Stephen pointed out, he said, do you remember when we said that, you know, you're, you were talking to God and, and looking at everything that we're going to do, and, and we asked God, well, are you going to bring rich people in to help us get it done? And God said, no, I'm going to make these people rich. This is what it looks like when rich people build a church. I mean, you might want to reach out and take a hold of that, because you got, you, got, you, you, you got church leaders prophesying over you right now. And you get here, but here's kind of a temporary word. You know, look at where you are in life, and, and, and I'm here. God led me here. Well, guess what? He's, he, I'll bet you five bucks he's going to lead you to a place that here is going to be referred to as there. Remember when we were there? I tell you that, that where you are, it, is, is, it, it was intended by God to be a step in the journey, not the end of the journey. See, Isaiah 54, uh, and, and this is a, a chapter, it's a great chapter, but Isaiah 54 in the second verse, he said, you know, enlarge the place of your tent. Hey, you know your dwelling place? Let's, let's start getting bigger. Let's start getting bigger. Stretch wide. Don't hold back. Lengthen the cords. Strengthen the state. Look, look at that. Enlarge your, your habitation. Stretch wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen. Enlarge and stretch wide. Don't hold back. Lengthen and strengthen. This is a message I think that God has for all of us. And, and today, I just want to hit like, like, like that middle part for just a minute. Do not hold back. As a matter of fact, say that with me. Do not hold back back. Now, now say it with confidence. Do not hold back. One more time. Do not hold back. <laughs> Man, I, I tell you, I, I, I wish that you could just like, like get a mirror. We should have handed out mirrors to everybody so that you could just say it to yourself. Do not hold back. Because we all have a tendency to get to the next place and then settle. You know, and, 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 and to, you know, man, even what it took, let me tell you something, what it took to get here, you know, as a body, it, you know, there was this, there was this, uh, uh, this, this high level of effort. But when we get here, you know, there's, there's this moment to breathe a little bit. And then, you, you know, you start hearing from God that there's a future and you have to start building that intensity again. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, I, I haven't recuperated yet. You know, I, I kind of want to just chill. But where God's taking you in your life, you, you don't want to miss where God's taking you. You want to get to there so that you can call it here. So that you can get to the next there. So that can be your new here. Because God's going to move you. He's going to stretch you. He's going to grow you. He's going to increase you. 
And he's going to get you there. And I know that the, the, the etch a sketch of life, sometimes it's just all jacked up. But don't look at what you've lost. Just realize that God's making room for what he's bringing. And he's bringing you to a new place. And, and, and he's going to do some new things in your life. And, and don't, don't mourn the loss of what's gone for too long. Or you'll miss the opportunity that's coming. Because see, I think these moments present us with an opportunity where God can talk to us. You know, he's got your attention, doesn't he? When everything that you love suddenly ripped from your grip, when, when the picture that you had suddenly looks like, well, maybe that's not really going to be what we're doing, where we're at, or who we're with. Maybe, maybe there's some change coming. And at that moment, God has the opportunity to have a real conversation with you. And he can ask questions that you wouldn't even have responded to 15 minutes ago. And also remember this, that when God's asking questions, it's not because he does not know the answers. He's asking questions so that you can consider some things that you would have never considered if he didn't bring up the question. I think one of the questions that God asks us in the middle of a transition is what can I do for you? I think God leads us to a spot. I think it's all through the Bible. It's been all through my life. I think there's been, you know, 35 years of ministry, and Shelby and I have hooked up with quite a few people in, in moments of transition, and this question keeps popping up all the time. And, and, and it's, like, it's like a moment in time that's, it's, it, that's like, man, it's, it's not like all those other moments. You know, there's two words in the Greek for time, chronos and kairos. And chronos is like sequential time. It's like, like your calendar or your watch. And, or, you know, and, and it's just a sequential time. A kairos is a very specific time. Kairos is a moment in time impregnated with purpose. It's not like all the other time. And I think that sometimes in the middle of a hard time, we wish that we could get time out, that we, we could just move on, do something different, and we miss the opportunity in that time for God to ask these questions. See, uh, Jesus even said, uh, Jesus said, I, I gave you a verse like uh, Matthew or something, I think. Pop that one up there. Um, and Jesus said, my time, it's John, my time is not yet here. But for you, any time will do. See, there's times for, in, in our world, we, we're thinking, hey, just hurry up and make something happen or, or, or let's get gone or let's do something different. But, but he, he works, his time is a little different from ours. He's talking Kairos, you're talking Kronos. See, and you're trying to get everything in order because this should be next, and, and I've worked hard, and I got to this plot, and, and, and you know, we developed this, and this is where we are, and so this should be coming next, and then God shakes the etch a sketch, and, and, and it's like, oh, good Lord, what just happened there? And we freak out, and, but he's on a different time. He's in Kairos time. He's, he, look at somebody and say, this is your time. See, I think God has to shake stuff up because I think God knows that you are way too willing to settle for much less than he wants to produce in your life. See, I, I, I think that God knows that what was amazing at that moment is such an understatement of where he's taken you. But if, if left to your own devices, you'll just stay and not move on and not grow, not get strong, not stretch, not enlarge, and not 
ever consider what could God do for you? What could God do for you? What could God, oh man, I mean, you just take a walk this afternoon and look around and look at some of his handiwork. And given the liberty, if the door was open, if, if, if you were just positioned to have the convo and God could ask, what do you want from me? And what could I do for you? Think about that for a minute. I mean, he could do anything. Nothing is too difficult. For God, oh, I just, I, I just, you know, you know, that's a Bible verse. You know that, right? Nothing is too difficult for God. So why do we limit our belief, our faith, our ask to? Could you give me a taller boyfriend? I would like a newer car. I'm believing God for a faster horse. What's weird to me is that we put a lot of time, effort, energy into believing God, asking Him for things we could do ourselves. I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but that gal sitting next to you, if she wanted a taller boyfriend, all she'd have to do is leave you sitting where you are. <laughs> she'd get herself a taller one. You could probably answer a lot of the prayers that you've been asking God for. Why would we limit God's ability to do what we could do? I think it's so maybe we won't have to do it. So if God starts doing what I should do, then I don't have to do it myself. This is awesome. No, that is lazy. <laughs> that was free. <laughs> I want to talk real quick about a moment that was filled with opportunity, is ripe with promise. It's an amazing story. It's in 2 Kings chapter 13. Most of us recognize this stuff. We've heard it and we know it, but we're going to do it anyways. Elisha had been suffering from the illness from which he died, and Johash, the king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him. And he said, my father, my father, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. His leader's getting ready to die. And Elisha said, get a bow and some arrows, and, and he did it. And uh, uh, he said, okay, now oh, here, take, a, take the bow in your hands. And, and uh, when he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands, and he said, okay, open the east window. And, and they opened the window, shoot, and they shot in the Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram. And, and he declared, you're going to have some great victory. This is going to be amazing. Look at verse 18. And verse 18, he said, take the arrows. And the king took the arrows. And Elisha told him, strike the ground. He struck it three times and stopped. And Elisha got pretty angry and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated Aram and, and completely destroyed it. But now you're only going to defeat it three times. And uh, Elisha died and was buried. <laughs> Let's pray. 
can you imagine this? I mean, I mean this, story, this story can be kind of weird. Because, you know, this is the kind of stuff that sometimes, you know, you, you, you read a story, you read a story and, and you think, man, this is going to be epic. And, and then, then you get to that part, and Alicia, uh, Alicia, uh, Elisha died, and he was, he was buried. And Moabite raiders used to enter the country. What in the world is going on? Well, see, this king, this king, he comes to see the prophet, not, not, and he's not there because the prophet is a, like a really, really good friend or, 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 or he holds some spot in his heart where he just really loves him. No, the king represents the promise of God's presence. See, the king, the king knows that Elisha represents uh, the, you know, the promise of a future that's brighter than the past. See, the king knows that Elisha, when Elisha walks into a room, God comes into the room. Elisha knows that when the king, or, or, when, or, or the king knows that when Elisha steps out onto the battlefield, God steps out on the battlefield. The king knows that when, when Elisha says victory's coming, he knows, he, he knows that God is going to bring a victory. See, the king knows that Elisha knows God like he don't know God. And he's looking at this future, and he sees it on a bed, and it's dying. And so he's there to try, good Lord, we have an enemy coming. This is not a good time for you to die. This is not a transition that we want to, like, embrace without you. We need you. And, and not, you know, really, this ain't about you. Could you die later? And so he's, he's, he's got a, he, you know, he, and so he's got this weird exercise he's going to run the king through. And, and, and he looks at him and he says, uh, grab a bow, get some arrows. Grab a bow and, and, and get some arrows. And I promise you that the bow that he grabbed did not look like it was from Star Wars. <laughs> they said this thing's real. Okay, grab some arrows. I want, let's see, four, six. Okay, now when I say run... I recommend standing behind Todd. Okay, go. So uh, give me a bow. And, and, and you know, he, he's got this stuff going. And, and, he, and I think it went down almost exactly like this. There was a bow available, and there was a bunch of arrows. And, 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 and Elisha says to him, okay, now, now open, open, the, open the window. And uh, why the east window? Because that's the direction the enemy's coming from. That's the direction fear is trying to creep into your world. And we're going to head that fear off right here and right now. We're going to address it face to face. Now, and, and, and he put his hand on the bow and, 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 the, and the, it went like this. Well, never mind, this might be hard. You know, and, he, and, he's, and the king says, will it ruin this thing if I let go now? It's upside down. <laughs> let me get an arrow real quick. <laughs> okay, Steve, you ready? Catch this in your teeth. Okay. He's trying to help. He's trying to help. No, he's not. that's your favorite moment in church ever. Stupid bow. And, and put that thing right there. Shot. Okay, now take the, take the arrows. He takes the arrows. Now strike the ground. Okay. Can, can you imagine the king 
this is weird. Okay. One. probably what the room felt like. <laughs> it's not really earth moving, is it? Have you ever had someone get mad at you because you did not do what they wanted you to do because they didn't tell you exactly what it was they wanted you to do? So you didn't do what they wanted you to do because you didn't know what they wanted you to do because they never told you what to do. Ever been married? So Elisha's mad. What are you doing? Why'd you stop? Man, you, you grabbed five or six arrows. You should hit the ground five or six times. Well, you didn't say that. You said strike the ground, which could have been singular. Strike the ground. Once I strike the ground. I even went beyond that. I struck the ground once, twice, three times, lady. <laughs> Lionel Richie. <laughs> yes. I'll see that hand. And why didn't you tell me? I didn't know my future rested on this. Why didn't you tell me? And see, Elisha's upset because he has a king that would give what he was asked for, but not everything he had. See, a lot of us live this life this way. I'll give you what you asked for, but don't you expect anything beyond that. There's a line here, and I know that this is the line of expectation, and I, I, have, I have made certain that the expectations have been clarified so that I never go over that. See, I think you can live that way and even go to heaven. But I think you're missing the best part of earth. Yeah, 35 years of ministry, let me tell you one, one of the major complaints, there are several. One of, the, one of the repeated complaints of my leadership, huh, is you need to be more clear. You need to be more clear. You need, you need to tell us exactly what you want us to do. And I'm thinking, change the world. It's a big world. Start wherever you'd like and go for it. Well, no, you need to be more specific. What you're saying, what I hear, is give me a list and don't expect anything that you don't write down. Why? Because that's our character. And it infuriated Elisha. Because he said, you know what? You, you're going to have this, this brief moment of victory, but you could have had long-lasting victory. 
You could have had victory for you and, and, and your house and, 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 your, and your nation and, and, and your children and your children's children. But no, you, you, just, you, you didn't give me everything you had. You gave me everything that was required. See, I, I think a lot of us do that because, you know, we even come to church. So let's just say that this is our weekend arrow. And we show up with our weekend arrow. We're weekend warriors. Hey, Jesus, you're in the parking lot. You're feeling pretty good about yourself because guess what? <laughs> I'm here. Sometimes twice a month. Don't let anybody get that bow. Okay. Uh, look at me. Look at me. I'm even going to stand during worship. I might even raise one hand. Not two, because I might need this hand for something I want to do later. I wonder how many of us are holding on to arrows. I got my... Don't worry, you'll be okay. I got my work arrow... I got my money arrow. I got my family arrow. These are my arrows. God, when I bring you an arrow, you be a happy God. But don't you be touching these arrows. These are my arrows. You can have those three. I'll give you everything that you demand. Sure is quiet in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> if it's like a commandment and we have to follow it, okay. But you know my freedom. You know, grace provides us insane freedom. Isn't it weird that a lot of people want to use their freedom to do as little as possible, while others want to use their freedom to do as much as possible? You think that those two mindsets might get a different outcome? Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you that, that, that Elisha knew something that the king didn't understand, and he was trying to show it to him. And, 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 you know, we can, you know, in order to see, to find it, to, what, what, what is it about Elisha that would, that, that would stir up this kind of response? What, what, what's his thought process? What's the protocol in his brain? He, you know, all we got to do is go backwards, right, and find out, okay, how does this work with Elisha? And so, you know, you go back to the second chapter in the, in the uh, second Kings, check it out. And in the second chapter, when the Lord was about to take Elijah, that was his, his mentor. And, and by the way, you, this will really help you. Have you ever been talking to somebody about Elijah and Elisha and you couldn't remember who came first? Oh, I used to hate that how, how, because, you know, I get them both confused. I'm supposed to sound smart, you know, and, and how, how do you remember? Well, Elijah, J, and Elisha. So J, A, B, C, D, E, J comes before S. You'll never confuse them again. Elijah's about to be taken up in a whirlwind. Wow. These people are living in a different realm than we do. Okay? He's going to be taken up in a whirlwind. And Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Check it, check it out. And, and, and Elijah said to Elisha, you can stay here now. 
The Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said, no, man, as long as God lives and you're living, I'm with you. I, I, I'm not hanging back. And, and, and this next verse is really cool. It says, the company of prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know. Shut up. <laughs> I, I love his attitude already. Okay, verse 4. And Elisha said to him, stay here now. Okay, stay here now. Just, we're getting close. I, God sent me to Jericho. And he said, dude, I'm telling you. As long as you're alive and God's alive, I'm not leaving you. And so they, so they went on to Jericho. And, and these guys come out. Did you know the Lord's going to take your master? Yes. So be quiet. And, and verse 6, it, it just, Elijah said, stay him now, because now I'm going to go to Jordan. And he's like, dude, I'm not leaving you. Okay, I wasn't here for part of the trip. I'm going to the end. I am all in. Yeah, but you've, you've come far enough. You, you know what? You, you've been good. You've been faithful. You've been a servant. You, you, have, you have done awesome things. Just relax now. Can't. We're not at the end. See, he had something in him that the king didn't. He wasn't going to just do what was asked. Yeah, I'm not giving you just what you asked for. I'm giving you all I got. I'm giving you all I got. Look at this next verse, verse 7. Fifty of the men from the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. And, and, and Elijah took his cloak and he rolled it up and he struck the water with it. And the water divided to the right and to the left. Can you imagine? You know, I mean, dude, this is awesome. You know, this guy's got some juice. And, and, and verse 9, you know, he gets to that spot and they cross over and Elijah says to Elisha, okay, before I go, tell me, what can I do for you? You know, had you, if you just think about it, if Elisha had stopped where Elijah told him he could stop, he would have never been in a position to have this question proposed. You don't know how many people I know that want the double anointing without any of the work, without any of the investment. They, they have a line that they don't cross, and they wonder why good things, bigger things aren't ever really happening in their life. Maybe, 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 maybe bigger things aren't blowing up in your world because you're holding back so much of your world. And I, I, love, I love this mindset that Elisha has because, have, well, think about it. Have you ever seen somebody in their life was so epic? I mean, they, they, dude, they had, they had everything that you ever dreamt of. And you looked at them and you went, man, if I could just have half of what they got. If I could touch half the people that they've touched. If I could accomplish half the things that they've accomplished. That is not the mindset that Elisha has. He says, you know what? Double will do. I want, I want, I've seen you walk with God. I've seen what God can do. And I know that you're at the end of your story. I'm not going to be happy with half. I ain't going to be happy with a repeat. I want double. And there's something about that mindset I think that impresses God. And look at what Elisha said to him in verse 10. You have asked a difficult thing. <laughs> I think that is why many of us don't asked for more because what he told him is you know just what I, what I have I don't know if you could handle that the difficulty that comes with it but 
you got a, a double portion, the difficulties don't go away because you have a double portion. The difficulties will double. Don't hold back. This is a lesson from a guy that's looking at a king that says, you know what, you have authority to make some big differences. See, I'm looking at some people today who have authority to make some huge differences. And I know that, you know, your little etch-a-sketch thing might have just got all shaken up. But don't hold back now. Well, God, what do I have to do? What, what are the three steps I have to do to get out of this mess? See, you're, you, that's that mindset that got you in the mess. Because you, the, you have a line. And, and, and you're giving God everything you asked for, but you're not giving him everything you got. So God steps up and he, and, he, and he races the pages and he says, we're going to do it again. Keep your hands off the knobs this time. I will blow your mind with what I can do in your life, but you've got you, you to give me the whole thing. You can't hang on to some of these arrows and, and protect them like they're yours because I will step in and I'll show you. Those aren't yours. See, when you, when you gave me your life, I wasn't playing. I think that's one of the things that God would love for us to know. Don't you think it's weird that if you give everything to God, that it would bother you when he starts asking for it? I give you everything. I give you my life. I give you my house. I give you my car. I give you my freedom. Everything, God, you can have it. Okay, take the chairs to the neighbor's house. What? See, we're afraid to respond. We're afraid to obey. Why? Because we don't want to sit on the floor. Because in our mind... It's on its way out. We don't stop to think that God might have you move the chairs to make room for the sectional. He's taking something out. Why? Because he's going to bring something in. Well, the thing he's going to bring in is much better than what you had because that's the promise that the future is brighter than the past. I'm telling you that the future with God is brighter than, than, than anything you had in the past. And some of you guys, you know, you're stumbling around trying to, trying to rebuild what was taken away when you need to let that go and you need to say, okay, God, you, you have control of my extra sketch. You can do whatever you want. I'm all in. You can have everything. I'm not holding nothing back from you anymore. Yeah, that's a good, come on, if you're going to clap, let's clap. Hey, there ain't nothing in my life that's off limits to you, God. Just take my Etch-a-Sketch and go for it. Well, what can I do for you? Make sure you don't under-ask Make sure you don't under-ask. I know the music's playing and I'm supposed to be wrapping up, but i got to tell you this. Several years ago, you know, and, and this is kind of like a confession, because God, God actually, over the past month or so, has been dealing with me on some areas of my life, and he's like correcting me. And several years ago, you know, 
I kind of got in, into the, and I wasn't like trying to be ultra spiritual or nothing. It's just, well, let me put it this way. When God is doing more, people will like you less. No, I don't know if you hear me. When God is doing more in you, for you, through you, people like you less. And it's kind of irritating, you know, to be believing God for things and God's answering and, and know that there's people who are trying to figure out what's wrong with you, how to, how to use it against you. And so several years ago, you know, I just stopped praying for me, for, for our family. You know what? You know, you can talk to Shelby. It's the truth, isn't it? I just stopped because I'm like, you know what? I ask God for stuff, and you know what he does? He does it. And so I, I don't, I'm not going to keep climbing up here and going up there because all of these people that are with me, you know, it's irritating them. And so rather than irritate them, I'll just stay down here where they are. And God's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, you, you are settling for less than I want you to have. Yeah, but it, it's irritating to these people, you know, and, and, and it's embarrassing sometimes. God, you show up in these ways, and, and I mean, it's amazing. I have, I have friends that, that drive from out of state and walk through the building, and then they're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And God's like, yeah, but where I'm taking you? See, I, I, need you, I need you to believe big so that you can drag these irritated people with you so that they will, you know, like remember the story, the cattle that were taking the ark, lowing as they went? Take them, lowing as they go. And get them to a place where they're believing for bigger things. I mean, believe big, believe big. And so, you know, you know I just got to tell you something. We're believing big. I'm believing big. I'm, I'm gonna, I, you know, I know it's going to irritate people because when God's doing big things, you know, the more he does, the less you're like, okay. But I want to invite you to take a step in your journey. I want you to say, you know what? I'm not going to believe God for little anymore. I'm not going to settle. God could do some amazing things, but you will have to be willing to do the things that you could do. You don't understand. There's nothing that I won't do for what God's doing here. There is nothing that, you know, oh, I'm up here and you're down there. Are you kidding me? Dude, I, you know, I don't know how many pastors in town mow the lawn at their church. I do. There is nothing here that I will not do to make sure that what God's doing won't succeed. I'm going to make sure that it happens. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm believing God for some bigger things. Where we are is not where we're staying. I kind of think you're sitting in the middle of the youth sanctuary right now. I, I, I'm not ready to settle for, for less than what God wants us to have. We're going to go, we're going to go bigger. We're going to go stronger. We're going to go greater. And we're going to, we're going to influence and impact more and more people. You know what they're doing? You know what they're doing right now at, at New Vintage today? They're celebrating the fact that we gave them a big offering. I think it's awesome. And, but I actually have people in the house that you took our money and gave it to that church. No, we took God's money and gave it to God's church. Why? Because he told us to. And I know that kind of irritates you. Well, get over yourself. 
we're going to believe God for big things. I'm believing God for huge things in your life. Don't you dare hang on to those little things. I know at one time they were awesome. I, I know at one time it was awesome. It was really awesome what God was doing in Pasco. But it just doesn't compare to what God's doing here. I know what God did in your life before was sweet. But where he's taking you, it's going to be sweeter. So don't hold back. Don't take an area of your life and tell God that that's off limits. Don't hold on to your arrows. If he says strike the ground, you don't stop till you're out of arrows. Man, you just don't stop. Why? Because he's going to take you to a place where the double portion is demanded. Come on, somebody. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your book, bow your head. Some of you guys, the very first step, the very first step, and you've been holding, you've been holding out on God. You have not given your life. And some of you, you haven't given any of it, and some of you, you've given little pieces of it. And today, I, I want to encourage you. I want to invite you. Make this prayer your prayer. And give it all to God today. No more holding back. And so if you're here today and you say, you know what, Tom, I'm going to make this prayer my prayer. I, I'm, 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 I'm going all in for real. And if God wants something in my life, it's his. And I don't care if he cleans the slate and we start over from scratch. It, that is, I do not care. I'm giving it all to him. And I'm making this prayer my prayer. If that's you, while no one's looking around, I just want you to hold your hand up. I, I don't want to agree with you in prayer today. Thank you. 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 Anybody else? You can put them down. Anybody else? Say, yeah, today's my day. That's awesome, sir. Everybody in this place, just pray this. Just say, dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I, I know I need your love. I know I need your acceptance. I know I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, give him one more shout.